Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And yes, we're back in the room, and today we are going through the keyhole, so let's see if you can guess who this is. He's bearded, he's a child of the 80s, his real name is Dave, and he's the pride of Stamford La Hope. It is... Scroobius Pib, yes! Hello. Did anyone guess that? Do you reckon anyone out there guessed that? Um, I, I don't know, but weirdly, last night I was looking on my Wikipedia page, which I haven't done in ages, but I needed to know embarrassingly when one of my albums was released and <laughs> I didn't know but, <laughs> but on there it calls me David and then in brackets Dave Meads I, I saw so the that. fact that they've added the Dave it's like I mean <laughs> I saw that half an hour ago yeah, when I was doing my, doing my research for this piece exactly, <laughs> I don't know how that that, that got on there but it was a lovely addition I'm sure people know that sometimes David is abbreviated to Dave it is, it is terrifying though isn't it going on your Wikipedia because uh, yeah there's all sorts of Weird stuff on mine that isn't years and true. Year, yeah years and years ago I had someone write my Wikipedia page just because I was like I want some actual facts and information in there and then I've not touched it since so all of it will have changed but there will be this core there that has remained and there'll be loads of extra bits added that are probably nonsense and <laughs> and ludicrous yeah, yeah we'll find out the uh, the facts the wheat from the chaff right um I'm so crap at podcasts I've started recording on the wrong microphone so at this point <laughs> I'm not gonna edit the uh, interview we're going to carry straight on but I am going to just quickly switch mics Right, we're back in the uh, back on the podcast, back in the room. How embarrassing! I mean, you know, I just said to Pip off air, uh, this is really quite terrifying because I mean, I've done pretty much everything in my career, but you know, one thing that I've only just really started properly is podcasts, and it's kind of kind of uh, terrifying interviewing or doing a podcast with one of the godfathers of uh, podcasts, Rubius <laughs> Pip. So, I mean, Pip, how long have you been doing this podcast, Lark? So I've been doing mine for, I think we're coming on to the six-year anniversary. So, wow. yeah, it's been a while. And it's kind of cool because it's been great to watch the development because that time six years ago, podcasts weren't particularly taken seriously or respected or anything. And then it's got to a point now where they're 
a legitimate thing. So it's kind of, yeah, it's nice. I mean, they're beyond a legitimate thing, aren't they? They've sort of, uh, it's kind of like when MP3 came over and took over from CD or CD took over from vinyl. It's like podcasts are here and everyone is doing one. It's it's been beautiful doing the Pod Bible stuff, which I'm not going to talk about loads. It's a magazine. I was going to plug that. No, 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 don't start. But no, it's it's, it's been, been beautiful doing that because we've worked with... Global as one of our, our partners on it, and obviously it was XFM that I had a radio show, and I left to start doing a podcast. And at that point, I'd kind of said I could do an XFM podcast, and they were like, "No, we're not really in that world." So it's great that all these years later, I'm going back to say, "So now you're into podcasting, uh, and let's work together." And they're proper <laughs> into it; they're proper into it and backing it and investing in it. And it was cool because the people who were leading the, the the run are the guys who I worked. We're on my XFM shows, so they're the guys who've seen me go off and actually see that podcasting is a real thing, and they've kind of hammered the doors down until they're allowed to have a, a podcast area. You, you, so. know, you know those interviews where someone answers all your questions in the first um, in the first two minutes? You've <laughs> yeah, just done sorry that. about that. And I was going to talk to you about it. going from a radio show to a podcast. Yeah. I was going to talk to you about your uh, pod bible. We can talk about all of we, it. We will not... talk about it. We've got um, we've got twenty seven minutes left. So um, <laughs> I mean, let's start with um, with distraction pieces. Your your podcast. Yes. And, I mean. Because I, I was lucky enough to be one of the guests on that, yeah. wasn't I? Was that, was that kind of in the early days? How yeah, long ago it was, was early days. It was in the first year in? or a year and a half, yeah, I yeah. would have said, yeah. And so podcasts, I mean, I know we're talk, we are going to talk about festivals, by the way, for people yeah. that love festivals and have just tuned in. But Pip is far too interesting a man to just talk <laughs> to about festivals. So, And, you know, like I say, he's encyclopedic on podcasts, and I'm still learning every day on that. So um, at that time, you know, how, how long, when, who did the first podcast? Do you know that? So, uh, in in my mind, it's people like Ricky Gervais and, and, and Russell Brand had his XFM one and things like that. But I don't, I, there's arguments, I know there was Americans doing it for longer. It was g- g- given the name podcast by a journalist working at The Guardian at the time, I think. Um, so it's kind of, it's yeah, it's a so weird... So it's an English invention? I think so, yeah. It's, it's, it's got a weird history and, and lineage, but definitely when I started six or so years ago there weren't that many people doing it in the UK I'd say Richard Herring was still doing his had been doing his at that point but people like Gervais and that had stopped Adam and Joe had stopped Um, so yeah the biggest podcasters seem to be Americans and they're like Mark Maron and all that kind of thing and they're the ones I kind of took I was listening to and decided to to rip off and then I got all the credit (laughs) over here with all these magazines and papers saying so how did you come up with this just listen to what other people were doing and yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 blagged it. I mean, so at the time, at that time, you know, obviously we've got a bit of history with the record label and your, you know, Dan Lassac versus Scribius Pip yes, and your live career and everything. But you, you I mean, it's, I think it's fair to say that you kind of turned your back on a lot of that stuff, not in a negative yeah. way, but to do podcasts. Completely which is as quite a, choice. a brave thing. Yeah, six and it's, years ago. it's a weird one to bring it onto festivals. It's only sitting here now that I realise my first experience of broadcasting was on, on on best of all radio when me and dan were playing and we were asked to do an hour or two of this show and it was after that that i then went to xfm and then to podcasting but uh, i mean i'm i'm a big believer in I'm a, uh, i guess i'm a bit of a control freak so when me and dan had done our third record because when you guys signed us it was a three record deal and at that point everyone we knew was getting signed and most of them weren't completing one, their deals. One hour, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's such <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, it's such a hard industry. It's why we put our faith 
in you guys because we i mean it's a story i've told before but we were t- talking to all these big labels and we were, c- were coming to, to you specifically and asking for advice and saying is this a good deal is this good and then we me and dan kind of sat down and said well rob's got a label so <laughs> if he's the person that we trust then let's go and see if it's an option there and that's kind of how that all all came together so the fact that we got to complete our three r- r- records it meant the world to me and it felt like with me and Dan at that stage I felt well we've done th- three records which is also a lot so I felt we've I've said all I need to say at this stage so to choose to stop felt far better than to have to stop if you know what I mean and again I I, I reference you a lot to this day because I still have people ask me to do gigs I've, I've been offered Glastonbury slots and all sorts of other things and I always say currently my last ever gig was on stage at best of all Rob the Bank in- introduced us and he's the guy who signed us and put our records out and the crowd all knew it was our last gig and they all sung along and people from Sunday Best were there and my family were there and friends were there. I'm not taking oh, that man. off my I'm last gig. Out. Yeah, I'm, that's <laughs> it. I'm, I'm not taking that off, off my last gig thing for a uni tour or, do you know what I mean, a random one of gigs somewhere. Yeah, yeah, well, maybe. I'd be tempted. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's exactly that. It's like I, I get to say that that's where it ended at the moment. Yeah. And it was around 8,000 or so people all singing along, all knowing at it, least, and all, yeah. all getting into it. So it's like, it, that's a beautiful thing to get to choose that that's how we end it. Yeah. I, I mean, I see people all the time on your so- socials barking yeah. you, kind of like, come on. Because <laughs> the thing is with you guys, yes, you were amazing on record, but you were just as amazing, if not better, live. And yeah. your whole the, the theatricality of the way that you performed together yeah, sure. and, you know, the big book and every, every the props and everything, it was just kind of totally infectious. So I can see why people are hammering on to you, but... Park it, people, because he's got a podcast out. He's got Pod Bible. <laughs> he's got flipping. He's French Bill in t- Taboo, for God's sake. I mean, we're going to yeah, get right. on to that. Anyway. Yes. But let, let's delve into because we were talking. We are talking festivals. It's the age set of festivals. And yes. We, you know, we love to have a sort of broad church here where we talk about anything and everything, and we want to get back into podcasts. But I said to you literally this morning, that's how lastminute.com we are. We were like, <laughs> maybe have a little theme here, Pip. Maybe think about something on the tube on the way here. Yes. So, um, so what have you come with? Um, or m- m- my top five bands I've watched at festivals or festival moments. Nice. So just of, of live acts. I've got a top five. So it and could be a favourite to- toilet trip that you had at Glastonbury. It and- could be. I've, I've, I've gone for acts and performers. Oh, okay. But um, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, I've, I've got my top five and I've got some honourable mentions if we've got time at the end. So yeah, I kind of, yeah, I was pleased with that. Well, let's, uh, maybe let's sort of have one of those and then we'll delve into some of your other stuff yeah. and then another one. That's perfect. Like that? Yeah, I love that. Should we have done this bit before we started the podcast? No, I like that we're figuring it out as, as we go. That's podcasting, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Um, so my number five is a performance that I only saw two songs of. And it's a performance that I loved, but that I got told off for, for watching. And the reason is it's, it's Rage Against the Machine headline in Reading. And it was a r- r- really exciting weekend because... That same night, me and Dan were headlining the Festival Republic stage at Reading Festival. And that was a big deal for us because we'd played a load of festivals. We'd had some some great slots. We may have headlined a stage or two. But Reading was the festival that I'd gone to since I was a kid. Um, and the Festival Republic stage was... It's a smaller stage, but it's a decent size. It was on the posters. And we were <laughs> at the top of that. And that meant the world. But equally, from our festival experience... like We loved playing festivals because we felt we had 
a show that could win people over. It's why we loved at Best of All doing early slots on the main stage because you'd start with people not paying attention and by the end we'd get a decent amount in. Um, but because of that, we're also, as you'll know, we're very polite a young men. So we're used to, you play your gig and then you go. And I didn't think about the fact that if you're headlining, you can have an encore. So we did our set and it asset always ended with Dan going nuts. And so we did our set. I came off stage and then I ran to catch the end of Rage Against the Machine on the main stage. <laughs> Dan finished up, came up, and the whole crowd was chanting for more. He was told that we could do more, and he was like, where's Pip? <laughs> but He's watching exactly to the Russian. I went and watched the last two Rage songs, because I didn't know that that was an option. It was my stupid, polite ignorance. I was like, well, we've done our allotted time, and we've done what's overrun. People have got beds to get to. Um, when did you find out that you could have been... When I went back and Dan was furious at me because obviously that's the first... And Dan lives in Reading, so it means even more to him to headline Reading Festival um, or headline a stage at Reading Festival. So yeah, I came back and he was like, dude, where have you been? I was like, I went to catch the end of Rage. He was like... We, 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 they wanted an encore. I was like, oh. <laughs> Possibly our best, biggest ever <laughs> festival spot and you've yeah, ruined it. I ran off. But, you know, leave on wanting more and all that. It was it was, it was was exciting. Oh, but, man. yeah, it was an, it was amazing t- to see Rage at that point because it was towards the end. All that finished and then they were only coming back for a few shows. So, yeah. Yeah, I've, nev- I've still never seen them. So, I'm, I'm envious as we're sat here now. Yeah. Okay, so um, that's number five in your all-time top five. Yes. Um, Let's go back. So, distraction pieces. Who have you recently had, or who have you got coming up that you're really sort of excited about? And what, and also, what format is distraction pieces for people that are stupid enough not to have caught it? It's yet? it's just long rambling, unorganised interviews. So I'm sure they'll be familiar with the <laughs> format. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's with musicians, comedians, actors, just anyone of interest. I've had scientists on and all sorts of things. So. One that springs to mind, like I've had a few this year. I had Louis Theroux recently, and that's been huge, wow. and it was amazing yeah. to get to talk to Louis. It's one I've been lining up for two years, and it, f- it finally came together. I had J- Joe Gilgan recently, and it was an amazing one because he's in This Is England and Preacher and loads of amazing things, but his most recent show, Brassic, has him in it because he's written it, and he's playing someone with bipolar, and he has bipolar, and he, str- he, str- he struggles hugely with it. But it's also got a character in who's got a stutter. Wow. And it was the first time I'd seen a show where, at least the first time he stutters in a scene, it's not referenced or addressed. It's not, oh, it's this big deal. It's just a guy who's got a stutter. And it comes up later, his mates ribbing for it because they're all that kind of mates. Yeah. But it really meant the world. So that was a really great chat because within f- five minutes, we were talking deeply about the struggles I've had having a stutter in music, but now in acting, the struggles he's had as someone with really severe bipolar and the fear of getting a role and then maybe not being able to fly or maybe not being out you know he's his his point was he's always delivered he'll always make it work but it might not be as easy as you'd assume that it's just this dream of he's got this amazing gig yeah it might be he then has to take two months off to recover because it's really got on top of him and drained him so that was a fascinating one but one the one i'm going to actually choose even though i'm listing all of these Earlier in the year, and I think it got overlooked a little bit because I had loads of podcasts. Obviously, I have one every week, but I got to have Mary J. Blige on. Oh, man. And that just meant the world to me. That was hugely exciting because it's Mary J. Blige to get to have (laughs) an hour with her. And it was part of a press junket. And one of the reasons I love it is the first 20 minutes or so, it's a typical 
press junket. I couldn't get past her wall. It's very much, here's my set answers. And then about 20, 25 minutes in, we got onto the subject of hip-hop. And I earned her respect. Yeah. Like we had this connection I could talk about the early days of Biggie and the difference yeah. at the end and all things like that as she was someone who brought him through and we could talk openly about you know b- b- she was one of the first people to collaborate with R. Kelly and bring him onto a large scale and all the horrendous stuff that's going on now there yeah. so we talked briefly on that but I don't think I would have broached that subject if we hadn't got to that connection the fact that we'd got to that connection point maybe go alright Let's see how this goes. Did you get, did you get a handshake, a fist bump? A... Yeah, we got a hug at the end, and a it was hug. yeah, yeah. Whoa. So yeah, it was amazing, and it's it's one that I don't know. It's weird. The week after I had Joe Cornish on, who's amazing as well, but it felt like that completely overshot Mary J. Blige. It's like it's Mary J. <laughs> I, I love yeah. Joe Cornish. He's a legend taken too. But a month off, and yeah, just given exactly. it a month, and then started again. Really seriously, guys, or, or release that episode every week. Yeah, you don't want to month. come up after after Mary. And this J. week, I'm releasing Mary J. Blige again because <laughs> yeah. come on, let's let's have a look at Mary. Yeah, but that was cool to get to no, to chat to her because it's weird. I don't. I've not had an, a wealth of musicians on. I get pitched. I think the music industry has been slow to catch up. Like I recently had Kano on, and that was amazing. But for years, all the musicians I've had on, or people in the music industry, people that I've just just, just hit up, as we did, like when I had you on. Yeah, yeah. All the actors and when comedians you were really scraping the barrel at the beginning <laughs> before you got onto the real stars. I got the big no, all the actors and comedians I get pitched all the time, and PR companies are pushing them, and everyone's aware of. To yeah. move into podcasts but it feels like the music industry has been a, a bit slower on that so it's great that that's starting to happen now and, and because of my limited podcast history even though actually we did do a Sunday Best podcast probably about 10 years ago so yeah. I think when you're talking about those very early ones we, we actually did one then we didn't know what on earth it was or yeah. what we were doing but we did dabble in it but you know now just thinking back it's just um, you know it's, it's amazing that there are so many thousands out there and you really have to stick out from the crowd don't you obviously yeah. mine's about festivals so I'm, I know I'm going to get some people who are festival fans but yeah, for you who are, it's a chat one and it's a talking one there's so many of them to rely on your own sort of depth of interviewing skills 100% and- there's so many I think one of the problems that podcasting has had is that people have thought podcasts are two people sitting down and having a conversation but it's as broad as anything. It's like music isn't someone singing over a guitar. It can be someone rapping over a beat. It, it can be anything, yeah, and podcasts yeah. have that as well. Some of my favourite podcasts are things like like Hardcore Listing, where guests come on and have to pick a top five of anything, or things like um, Films to be Buried With, where people... there's It's, it's, films to it's, be it's basically a desert island discs of films. That There's all these questions and points in your life and the film that relates to it. So... And off menu as as well, where you mm. go on and just pick your favourite starter, main course, side, and dessert. <laughs> How long does that last? That it, it, it's an hour. It's genuinely an hour. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. It's James A. Caster and Ed Gamble, okay, so it's really yeah. good people. But things like that, they stand you're out like more the, you're now. Like the niche ones. Yeah, they stand out <laughs> yeah, more yeah. than just here's two people having an interview about <laughs> their career. And you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Excellent. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Rob DeBank's A to Z of Festivals. Subscribe now and please remember to rate. Okay, well, let's go back into uh, festies. I like yes. this. It's a little bit schizophrenic, but let's go um, from from podcast to festival. So number four. Number four is, it's one that's got better with hindsight. It's Springsteen at Glastonbury. Mm. And Springsteen, I was a bit of a fan of at that point, mm. but I've become far more of a fan of s- since. So it's kind of looking back and remembering these moments. At the time, at points, I was thinking... He's playing for a long time, isn't he? This is an awfully long... Because he did like a two-hour, maybe longer. Yeah, he played for ages. I'll be honest, an hour and a half, I I, I was off to the dance village. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) completely understandable. But it's that thing of now, now I'm more familiar with his back catalogue and more appreciative of of his art. Like the way he he manages to keep that energy and make a show exciting and engaging. It it makes me think of, of the first time me and Dan supported Billy Bragg. My plan was, because again, I, I had to get back to Essex, my plan was to deck around for a bit of Billy's set and then leave. And I watched all of Billy's set from beginning to end, and it was just a man you and a guitar. missed the train for Billy Brown. Yeah, I missed the train <laughs> for Billy. It was just him and a guitar, and it was just amazing what he could do with that. And there's something like that with Bruce, that it's just guitar-based music. And again, you look at... Stormzy this year at Glastonbury all the different things he had going on it was one of the best sets I've ever seen but Bruce obviously he's got an amazing band but he's leading that band he's bringing them around he's got everyone in the palm of his hand and Mm. he's having that energy for two hours for three hours however long he chooses to play wasn't it but um, I I have to hold my hands up and I still I love some Springsteen and maybe the obvious ones but I've just never sat down and listened to a load of it but I was surprised the other day you know that me and Tyo do um Purple Rave, which yeah, is like a tribute yeah. to Prince. It's yeah. Fleet Mac Wood that's out there for um, yeah. Fleet Wood Mac. Um, enthusiasts. Yeah. There's a Springsteen one, wow. which is apparently like I think it's monthly or possibly even more regularly or, in London. It's one of the things that I won me over on Springsteen was seeing an interview with Prince and him saying the the, the living performer I respect the most is Springsteen. At really? that point, he was saying right. he's I'm he's off to HMV yeah. to go and buy his back catalog. That's it. He's like he's he. And again, they are are so comparable because it's a solo artist that 
just orchestrates this amazing band that can at the drop of a hat go off and do a completely different set they'll change their set every night will go for hours and yeah as soon yeah. as that comparison clicked I was like oh I get it now oh, and I kind of regret not late, being as late in, to the party yeah it's, it's, I, I was as well as a kid my dad loves Springsteen, and I was like, "What is this rubbish?" And then, as the years and years have gone on, it's been, "Oh, I get it now." Yeah. Okay, cool. Right, so we're sat here. Um, Pip has just dropped off about four thousand um, <laughs> excess uh, Pod Bible. So Pod Bible is a little. What else came out in this kind of? It's a bit. It's bigger than the Glastonbury program, uh, sort of a laminate, but it's yeah. smaller than your it's, regular magazine. What? It's pocket size, pocket so it's, size it's, it's it's made to be slide in your back pocket, so slip in your top, top pocket. pocket. Yeah, you yeah, top yeah. Pocket, completely. Sort of, yeah, so it's kind of tube tube friendly. If you live in London, if you don't, then do you, where where else is this distributed? I mean, we distribute them in London, um, Brighton, and Margate. We will be doing them at the Manchester Podcast Festival. We did. The Edinburgh Fringe, so we get about when we can, but it's also digital, and people can order the physical copies online at podbiblemag.com too. But yeah, it's just a guide to podcasts. It's some interviews with, with podcasters and just a load of recommendations. Because me and Stu Whiffin, who does <laughs> Off the Beat and Track and does Hardcore Listing, you may have heard Rob Bank on. That yes, one. Yeah. exactly, a great episode. <laughs> um, we kind of were sitting down again. Well, everyone hears about podcasts th- through word of mouth. And that's it. There seemed to be no other way to get into podcasts other than word of mouth. And both of us coming from music backgrounds and Stu from club club promoting, he had a band that was in the NME and they were managed by Ricky Gervais and all sorts of weird stuff when he was younger. But in our youth, if you wanted to get your band out there, you'd take out an ad in the NME or in Melody Maker. So we were like, well, let's try and make that, build that platform for, for podcasters. And we came up with Pod Bible and Spotify came on board and Acast came on board and it's blown up since then it all started at the beginning of the year and it's just getting bigger and bigger no, it's, it's amazing if, yeah, if you're out there and you're interested in a podcast which hopefully you are because you're listening to this then uh, podbiblemag.com online or uh, yeah, look out for Scribius Pip hanging around on street corners yes. uh, with a big pile of uh, <laughs> excess paper that's often to get the way of. how much are you going to pay me to distribute these this lot well you know <laughs> big old, uh, big old uh, <laughs> chunk good, of them here that's a good chunk so this I'm is, this is in the offices it's perfect <laughs> right so this is number 5 um, October edition and it's got a great um, cartoon on the front for yeah. the Football Ramble um, podcast presumably like amazing um, cartoon and you open the um, and then the inside front cover is an advert for Unheard the Fred and Rose West the, the Fred and Rose West tapes intense right so yeah I mean it goes from like yeah so it's yeah. got everything in it, there you, you can the, listen to the, that's the beauty of podcasts is again is it's that depth and variation is you can find it you can enjoy them educationally you can be listening to, to documentaries and whatnot, or you can be enjoying I said things like like off the beaten track where it's kind of a hipster desert island discs it's, it's kind of it's going through music and really getting into music but not in as formal a manner so yeah yeah or listen to fred west or the bruised banana an arsenal podcast which is in here as well so yep. the bruised banana there you go there's loads of good ones there was a, a one we do a thing at the back that's um smaller podcasts and one of them that put themselves forward was desert island dips <laughs> And you have to pick your favourite dips to take onto a desert island. I was like, just as a name, that's wonderful. It's a beautiful thing. A series of one. Um, okay, let's um, let's delve back into the world of festies yes. for uh, the lovely people listening at home or wherever they are. 
And uh, yeah, shout out to you. Thanks for tuning in again to the A to Z of uh, festivals with me, Rob DeBank, and him, Scroobius Dave Pitt. <laughs> uh, what's your number three? So my number three is, I mean, I could have made a top five all at best of all, but oh, I would have seen bias. But number three is, again, I didn't, there's been some headliners I've loved. There have been some smaller ones, but it's one that surprised me. It was someone I was already a fan of, but I wasn't expecting the emo- emotional feel. And it was Bat Flashes um, on the main stage when the main stage was at the other side of the of the field, um, mm. up the, the hill, down from the woods. Yeah, it was down from the woods, right? I'm sure it was at that uh, bit of that stage. I think it was the first year it had moved actually into yeah. its, its final was position. Was that a very wet year? Yeah, it was a wet year, and, sh- and she was opening the stage essentially. I think yeah. at midday or, or one o'clock, she was on. Yes, yeah, so and I'm the sun there. had just started to come out, and everyone was just sat there. I don't think anyone was standing up, but there was tens of thousands of people just in this field, just watching, and um, and Natasha do or what she does best, and it was just hypnotic. And I was already a fan of, of, of Bat Flashes, and we'd done a few gigs together um, over the years, but this was when it really, really clicked. It's like. This was where it was meant to be. Like dubstep was meant to be in a basement in Shoreditch, <laughs> and then it's everywhere else. You find that it should have been in Plastic People, and that's that's its real home. Bat Flashes were meant to be on a huge stage in a huge field as the sun's coming out in the middle of the day, With not in the middle of the night. Yeah, rainbows. Yeah, yeah. It was it was just beautiful, and as said, all the obvious things of enchanting and bewitching and all that. But it it truly was. It was. It felt like a. Sp- spiritual experience to oh. stumble upon that and I'm glad you chose her because yeah out of all the people that I've ever been asked about best of all I've never never um I mean yes yeah, I yeah. love love her music yeah. and uh and do you still follow her do you yeah, still, do yeah. I, like I think she's fantastic I'm, I'm I'm loving how people adapt and how people change I love the campaign she kind of did that it's kind of a short film on Instagram and stuff like that on her new stuff and yeah yeah, I and think she was all, working with Mr. Dan, wasn't she? Who, yeah. who I work with and stuff. So um, yeah, yeah, and Kate Tempest did loads of great st- 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 stuff with. Yeah, so yeah, 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 some good people. Nice one, man. Okay, let's um dip out of um dip out of your top five yes ever performances at festivals with Scroobius Pip. Um, so French Bill in Taboo. Let's yes. talk about that. Yes, co-starring alongside. The, the mum's favourite yeah Tom Hardy Tom Hardy and St- Stephen Graham and so many amazing people yeah. oh man I mean what was that like stepping on to set the first day it was mad it was mad <laughs> Rob um, yeah I'd kind of it was a weird one as well because I'd auditioned and they'd liked it but then the character I auditioned for got cut and then so I started that 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 year that's a bit annoying isn't it yeah, yeah. Like, it happens a lot part, you're like but, you smashed uh, it but the character isn't there anymore <laughs> um so, yeah, but then I started the new year n- n- not knowing what was going to happen. And that's the weird thing going from music into acting is, uh, with music, I'd know album comes out at this time, there's festival season, there's a tour, there's so on and so forth. But acting, you start every year going, I wonder if anything's going to happen. <laughs> um, and on like the 6th of January, I got a phone call saying, uh, we've got another character and we want to offer it to you. And can you start n- next week? And I was like, yep, Okay. <laughs> Um, and I'll then just the, check my diary. Hold yeah, on. yeah, yeah, it's fine. Exactly. Yeah, I can make that work. <laughs> and then the first day, I was on set with Stephen Graham because he was kind of I was kind of in every scene with him, and he just took me under his his wing. Me and him, and me and and Tom Hardy had chatted over email once or twice, but didn't know each other. So to get there and to be so welcomed, despite it being my I think at that stage it was my third acting gig, maybe my fourth. 
were you kind of honest about that did you say yeah, uh, yeah. Steve, I like, I'm totally crapping myself I mate. don't this know is what not... I'm doing or <laughs> genuinely it's why my role grew because every time they'd wrap me for the day I'd ask if I can stay and watch and just, just watch on the monitors because I wanted to learn again you've got some really good actors there so Need an extra with a beard over here. Well, generally, yeah, generally bill out. every now and then that 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 realised that they needed someone to be killed off in a scene or something had happened like an actor wasn't and they were killing the character off and they'd be like, we'll get French Bill to kill him. So I got more kills and more action because I was just about. Yeah, I how sitting many there, kills did you have? Because you were quite a sinister character. Yeah, like I killed quite a few. Yeah, I got a, f- a few out there and hopefully, again, if season two ever happens, I, I survived. So, yeah, I'm, I'm meant to be in the next season. I, I, it's just, I absolutely loved that series. So it's I, great, I, I, isn't it? It does. So if you, um, like, I'm the worst actor in the world <laughs> and I remember being in a school play at the age of, like, 13 and just being terrified for months afterwards and, yeah. well, before and afterwards, but can you... You know, when when they say action, can you totally get into the character and just forget that you're there's a film camera there and like the director or yeah, I'm 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 decent at that. Again, it's all a learning curve. The thing that excites me about acting is that I plan to be doing it for the rest of my life. So that's years and years to get better and better and better and better. If always felt like with music, there's a point potentially of diminishing returns, particularly as a rapper. Like I don't. I did, didn't know if I wanted to be a fifty-year-old rapper. I didn't know if that was going to be a required thing. I don't, didn't know if anyone <laughs> needed that. Um, and there are obviously you've got your tribe and all these amazing guys. But um, yeah, it, it always felt that there was at some point there was going to be an expiration date on it. Whereas the thing that excites me about acting is everything that's happened so far has been amazing. But the thought of what could be ahead yeah. is it all the more exciting. Yeah, could be an old French Bill in yeah. series 24 of Exactly, Taboo. yeah, yeah, old man, old man French Bill. <laughs> um, I, I so mean, yeah, just, just on that hip-hop thing, because obviously I've been booking festivals for quite a while, and every yeah. year I kind of look um, you know, out there. And, I mean, Grandmaster Flash, you know, he must be well into his 50s, and yeah. he's still totally smashing, and I think yeah. there's a place for him, but then there's definitely other ones that you look at, and it's like, oh man, I wish you sort of knocked it on there 10 uh, years ago. Who's this for now? Yeah, ex- exactly that. And I'm really honest about things things like that with myself. So it was looking at that and going, uh, again, that thing of stopping when we stopped, it's like, this is all going gr- gr- great. Our third album was our highest charting album, was our biggest kind of, and the tour and everything was great. It's like, right, that's... I said, as there was other things I wanted to do, I wanted to try acting. I wanted to take a year out. And the way I got into music was I was working in a record store and I quit and gave myself a year to try and make music work. So I think you do have to, or for me, I need to go 100% into things. So if I was continuing touring and making music, I wouldn't have been trying as hard as I should in acting. Yeah. So it was a conscious thing of, I'm going to stop that. The podcasting, it's once a week, it's in my control. I can record a load and have a load lined up for months. So I felt... That gave you me enough that. focus. I didn't realise that. I yeah. thought it was just like, you got to Tuesday afternoon you and you were like, the, shit, I need one for tomorrow morning. Who's around? Yeah. Who's around? I mean, it was good That's to get an email off yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, exactly that. It's that kind of, I need to throw myself 100% into action if I want to know if it's going to work. And then in the first year of doing that, I got a Guy Ritchie film and then I went straight from that into an FX show that was on in America and then on to Taboo. So it was kind of, Madness. Right, I've given, and then I've had periods like I've, I'm in the last eighteen months. I've had a, a week on set yeah. for a Netflix thing, so it's, it is one of those roll, things where toilet roll advert. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> one of those things where you have these big gaps, but 
I feel I'm in it now. I feel I'm earning my stripes and I'm learning and, and developing. So yeah, yeah. You always it's got the old, uh, pod, pod bible to fall back. Yeah, on. yeah. Right. Let's. Um, we're running out of time. So let's look at your number two. So number two was that wrong. Was yeah. I don't want to look at number two. <laughs> but could you tell me your number two? And number two is a weird one because I've never been a fan of V Festival. Um, when me and Dan had our agent Chris Hearn at Coda the amazing Chris Hearn um, we always said we didn't we didn't want to do V because it didn't feel like a festival to me it felt like an advert or something it, it felt odd but I saw the Prodigy there at V97 and it's one of the best performances and gigs I've ever seen it was the Prodigy in their backyard out in Essex um, it was at the peak of, of Firestarter and all all the fat of the land kind of era and it was just amazing but those guys put on a show and just had the whole field just rumbling yeah yeah i I, I think probably they didn't ever probably put on a duff show did they i I just can't imagine there many people coming away from a prodigy show going Uh, it wasn't really you know know, they didn't really put their heart and soul into that it was like the passion and excitement and again it was a big influence on on me and Dan, like as as you mentioned, that we did build a good live following. It's because we were adamant that live was just as important, if not more important, as seeing those guys who di- didn't always have a traditional dr- drums and guitar kind of setup. Had electronics. I think at that point they'd just added Giz Button guitar, so they'd added a guitarist. But still, it wasn't here's a band. It was here's what we're doing and. And we can fill any stage and any field, yeah. and that was a massive influence to go right. Let's let's make this a exciting and electric show. Yeah, well, R.I.P. Mr. Flint, hundred percent. Uh, yeah, good good choice for number two. But I can glance over your phone there and see see number one already, and the excitement is building. And see room. another one that you're going to want to talk about as well. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. We've got another podcast starting right now, just on your number one. Yeah, so it was it was Prince at Hop Farm, and it's the only time I got to see Prince, and I'm so glad I did. It felt it felt like I was watching an alien, like a different. It, it, it sounds so stupid, but when he came on stage, every other band, even bands I love, they come on stage, and oh, there's Bruce Springsteen, for example. When Prince stepped out, it was like what who is this <laughs> being and it was just it was mind-blowing and and, and and like like um you said about seeing the prodigy at v it wasn't because i went to the hop farm as yeah. well um with with josie and all, all our mates you know total prince aficionados and it, it was like the probably the second least um second wrongest place to actually see him on in the hop farm in Kent you yeah. know with, with a bill that was sort of slightly yeah. thrown together and completely and yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It was an, I remember walking through I London. only just allow it as a festival because it was essentially <laughs> yeah, a Prince yeah. gig and they had it to was. put some other people on yeah, yeah. it felt like but yeah well, but, and a lot of people the reason it didn't even set it didn't even sell out is because people didn't actually believe it was happening yeah because there were posters all over London Prince hop farm it's like yeah right Prince wouldn't be playing at the hop farm no disrespect to yeah. the festival but it, no. it hadn't it, you know the year before it was something like the water boys or or Dylan and then suddenly yeah. it was Prince and it was like this what? isn't happening and we all went down there didn't we and it yeah. was like it was absolutely incredible and I think it was his only outdoor UK festival ever possibly because yeah. you know that I tried every flipping year as, yeah. I asked you every as flipping year to get, to have you got him yet have you got him yet almost yeah and yeah. that's never going to happen but I mean I've bought, really have bought people on the, the, the one where he got in touch through his agent six weeks before one of the yeah. festivals and said right I'm up for it million yeah. quid and it was like, well, that's fine, but 
we booked the line up nine now. months ago yeah. and it's the doors open in six weeks and there's no way that we can do this and it was the most annoying frustrating yeah. thing yeah. ever to have it there but out of reach out of reach such. yeah and it was and i think it was the next year that or the year yeah the year after that he he went top farm and it, it, it was an incredible gig wasn't yeah. it yeah absolutely amazing and again the I didn't expect the charm of him. I expected the the, the the musical prowess and the skill, but the little glances he would give and the little asides, like it just it was beautiful. He was just so charming and lo- lovable. You kind of think at times when someone's so t- talented, you're going to enjoy it, but you're probably going to be thinking, "Oh, what a dick," or or whatever else. But it wasn't the the case. He was the most charming man and the most effortlessly. Yeah, yeah, cool performer. Did you feel like he was playing just for you? Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it, again, it's the weird thing of, in general at festivals, obviously you need big screens and that, but you have to try and, it's easy to get distracted. You're watching it on a screen rather than watching what's happening in front of you. But the screens on this, it was just there to give you those little glances and look yeah, yeah, and looks yeah. up he gave to just yeah it made it perfect possibly one of the only headline performances I've seen at a festival where I haven't gone for a wee halfway through because yeah. I'm quite weak bladded I'll be honest yeah. about that and I'm often like oh I might go and go and have a quick wee and then come back but you couldn't leave it could you it was just like yeah. I'm not going to miss a single second it was this. my goddaughter's first ever gig and she was about I think she was probably about one and she just had big ear protectors on and was just sm- smiling away and confused by everything that's going on because that's not before then, she'd pretty much lived in a room in East London, <laughs> not in her own, with her family. Um, <laughs> so, so to then be in a field with h- hundreds of people and this yeah, yeah, going on was yeah, yeah. was mind blowing. But ah, incredible. it's a hell of a. And she's going to have the best answer to first gig at, at school and <laughs> yeah, whatnot, which she's a bit older, isn't she? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's so good. Thank you so much for uh, coming in and uh, sitting on my very. Uh, Stop and Start podcast. So what you got? Pod by we got distraction pieces. People need to check out. Anything else coming up? That's pretty much everything at the moment. I'm working on a load of other stuff with script writing and stuff like that. But it's all such a slow and private process. It's it's so we- it's such a weird. It's such a stark difference from the music industry where everything you do, you're getting you're releasing it as quickly as possible and getting that instant gratification. Or you're playing live and they're there with script writing with auditions all of that you're doing so much work that only about three people know about yeah and then just hopefully, in case the character gets killed off yeah and then hopefully at the end it turns into something amazing but other than that people assume I'm just making a podcast every week but <laughs> I'll take that as well that's fine man of many talents thank you so much Scroobius Pip it's been a pleasure cheers cheers man This is Rob DeBank's A to Z of Festivals. Subscribe now and please remember to rate.